on this episode, this episode of Japan, Japan 2.0. This is my first night on the first trip, and I just remember like going to bed that night. We got to the hostel eventually, and it was the most Torah hostel of my life. It was $10 a night. Most people who stayed there actually live there. Like, they're long-time residents, and people are going through bags all night long. Oh, it was just so dirty and so filthy. And All right, and here we are on a Sunday night. A nice uh, sunset going on here. Yeah, kind of an unusual time for us to record, right? It is. Uh, Matt was a rare in town Kobe visit on business. Ah, uh, yeah. So we, up. we had some good uh, sushi on rice dinner, and uh, yeah, we're just kind of just doing like a one-off episode, which we usually don't do. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of one of our more personal episodes uh, We like to do these from time to time uh, uh, You'll have to excuse us, both of us have colds yeah, so Like throat colds Yeah, throat I'm cold, really so. nasal right now if, uh, Sound Yeah, like so Imposters Imposter Matt and Imposter Dave <laughs> Yeah, what if it's not really us? Yeah um, But yeah, our topic today is kind of like our best memories in Japan this has been one I've been thinking about doing for a long time just because I think it kind of gives an excuse to talk about some things that maybe we've talked about a little bit but I think they're like some of our first episodes and we've been picking up more steam lately so some of people probably don't go back to those episodes 40 episodes deep and then it's another good way to talk about just some topics that don't really fit any other theme I think for me Um, and I'm a really nostalgic kind of person I look on the past with rose tinted glasses as they say <laughs> uh, so for me it's just kind of a fun one to talk about uh, my best memories for me especially on my vacations out here before I lived here like some of the you know coolest best memories I have yeah uh, how about you when you came with this topic you know I haven't really thought about it much I've been actually really busy and <laughs> busy as of late and uh, uh, I haven't had a lot of time to think about the podcast and stuff not for <laughs> Because that's something I want to do. I just I haven't had a lot of a lot of chances to sit down. So I'm gonna kind of go into this one, try to reminisce on the spot. But yeah. uh, but now that you mentioned that about uh, our vacations, you know the way that the the vacations colored our view of Japan. You know, yeah, um, yeah I, I think a lot of my favorite memories do come from those. Um, I think when you live somewhere and you're on vacation, right? You have two very different views and. I always have to tell myself that when I do go on vacation because I'm always like, man, it'd be so cool to live here. Everything seems perfect, right? All you're doing is, like, eating and drinking and, like, sightseeing all day, you know? It should be good. If if it's not great, then uh, there's a problem there. Yeah, it's vacation, right? Yeah. I mean... Our, our lives now are busy, you know, if I had like all, all sorts of time off and, and money, you know, saved to spend, uh, I'd be having a good time, all, you know, yeah. I mean, I do have a good time all the time. It's sure, great sure. here in Japan, but, but it is different when you're you have, out here on vacation. You have stress in your life. When you're on vacation, there's no stress. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll kind of just get the ball rolling here and 
uh, one of the earliest memories I have of Japan is my definitely my first visit out here. And I had a lot of preconceived notions about what Japan was. And to be honest, I don't think that trip, I think I saw the Japan that I wanted to see. And I've kind of come to realize that maybe that's not、uh, all the real Japan. What does that mean? What's the real Japan? That's kind of a, a lame phrase, I know. But、um, my point was that, yeah, I just had these stereotypes that Japan was going to be、uh, really, really clean, very fashionable, luxurious, that everything would be like really expensive. but... Really high quality,、uh, that it would be hard to kind of get to know people, that there was like hip hop DJ battles in the park, like DMC competitions going on. <laughs> and yeah, I thought there'd you know, be arcades kind of like on every corner, like really small old mom and pop arcades. And to be honest, on my first trip, I kind of saw all that stuff. But now that I live here longer, I would say that's not necessarily true. But I just think it was because I was seeking that out. I was, it was like a self fulfilling prophecy for me, you know? And I do a lot of research. So I did look up like record stores, and there happened to be like a battle going on, you know, like a, a turntable battle. It was a DMC pre qualifying finals going on in Nashan Saibashi at Triangle Park. And、um, yeah, I remember thinking I had such high expectations that that trip was probably not going to hit them, and it did.、Uh, part of it was I was staying in Orange Street. Uh, in Yotsubashi area. Yeah. And I honestly, I was only there for two days in Osaka. It was just like a, I was doing a visa run in Korea. And so I didn't get to see much beyond Yotsubashi and Shinsaibashi on that trip and Namba a little bit too. And I saw like Namba Parks. So basically, I saw Namba Parks, Horie area, Orange Street, and then like、uh, the Shinsaibashi record area. And all that's really awesome stuff that's not usual Japan or even usual Osaka to some degree. Um, it was like a very edited, cool version that to me, I just thought, well, this is just like one tip of this city and this place, and it just must go on and on and on for miles like this. And how <laughs> incredible is that, you know? Which, you know, isn't really exactly the case.、Um, that being said, like Osaka is great, and those are kind of some of the main areas of Osaka, but、um, yeah, I just remember staying with Akira, just walking around the door, and I saw a clothing company I really like that's kind of rare called APC. I was like, Japan, you just walk out the corner of your house and got an APC store here. And then there was actually another one just four blocks away. It was like a surplus store, like the outlet. And I was like, there's two here. Like, that, all, in all the US, there's only like four whole APC stores, and there's two like on the same you know, neighborhood.、Um, also, on that trip, I remember that like people used to always say that food is really expensive here. And、uh, there's just the nearest grocery store to his house was、um, Super Tomate. Super Tomate, which we talk about a lot. Yeah. And I just thought, yeah, this is a typical Japanese grocery store and it's so cheap. And I'm eating peaches that are like $1.50 and they're huge and eating sushi and it's great and drinking chew highs and stuff. And、uh, yeah, it turns out that it's like a really low quality, super cheap discount, <laughs> discount grocery store. So I think it's interesting that you kind of see what you want to see, you know, to some degree、um, when you're vacationing. But honestly, I, I vacationed out here a lot, maybe four times before living here, or five. And I never, on that last vacation, I still saw things that way.、Um, again, because I was always like researching those areas that I liked, you know, and I didn't really take a lot of time to go see just the places that people would live. Yeah.、Um, maybe you'll talk, are you going to talk about Akira's at all? Because then he moved from that area to another area. It did kind of get me to see another side of Japan. Yeah, so.、Um That was my second trip to Japan, and I actually did get to stay in、uh, the outskirts of Osaka, eastern Osaka, which is definitely where people live. Yeah, I've never been back over that way since I lived out here.、Uh, Tom and I tried to ride our bikes kind of 
we rode our bikes really far one day, and uh, we almost got over to where Akira used to live. Yeah. But uh, but it was still it was still another like hour of bike riding, mm. and so we ended we up having go, to come back there yeah. sometime. Actually, yeah, I, I would love to the go. Jumbo Mart. Do you know the Jumbo Mart? Yeah, yeah. And, so the Jumbo they had Mart. a video game uh, used video game place over there. Oh, yeah. and I, I found it. Uh, I had a really good time there. It was very sleepy, but your first yeah. trip was out to Tokyo, right? Yeah, my first trip so was out to Tokyo. So that must yeah. have been a completely different. Yeah, completely different. Um, I would say. I don't know if I made... I, I did make some favorite memories from that trip to Osaka. Um, one of them was being in Akira's old neighborhood. And I remember walking into a, uh, it's a small like restaurant or maybe it was a, a izakaya. I can't really remember the details. But I couldn't speak any Japanese. I went into this place where they didn't speak any English. And the woman... <laughs> uh, I bought a beer. And the woman brought me like this sticky... Um, Sticky kombu, mm. like I, I, it's like something you get now on a, as a side on like yeah, a lot of food and yeah. stuff. Uh, but uh, it was my first experience with that, so I was like, "Man, this is really weird, a weird place." And the woman called her daughter on the phone, and she was like, "My daughter speaks English," and she handed me the phone and just to talk to her daughter. Yeah. And the daughter's like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, I, I, you know, I just wanted a beer and I came into this restaurant and I met your mom and she's really nice. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I had, it was just like kind of a weird experience mm. and, uh, kind of a very unique experience. And what, one of my favorite experiences I had it, during that first visit to Osaka, so like real mom and pop shops where they've never seen other foreigners. Right. Yeah. Mm. But I feel like, uh, that on that trip I got to experience actual like kind of a little more like Japanese life yeah but staying at Akira's place you know uh, uh, his now well now mother-in-law she made me sushi so I got like home cooked meals <laughs> and I remember uh, you raving about that yeah, uh, it's the best sushi I've had yeah. you know and uh, it was just an incredible yeah just incredible to see how like you could live you know in Japan I think, uh, yeah, for us, that was key because we wanted to live here, right? And, like, for, for me, it was seeing that juxtaposition of him living in, like, the coolest, hippest, you know, fashionable neighborhood in, in Osaka. And then going back, I think a year or two later, I went out there and I was like, man, this, this coolest one guy, like, likes these two things, you know? And basically, for him, he was like, yeah, that other place is my 20s, and now I'm, like, getting old, and I don't want to just live in, like, a shoebox, you know, apartment anymore. Yeah. Kira's uh, first place, the one in the fashionable area, I didn't know he had a kitchen the whole first time I went there. I never found the kitchen. I just thought, oh, he lives without a kitchen. And then um, I went back, actually. Uh, I actually went to that place twice. And on the second visit, I found he did have a kitchen, but to get into it, my shoulders are too broad to walk normally into, like, through a doorway. You have to turn to the side and, like, <laughs> go down and... Yeah, my, even my hips, like, I couldn't walk in the kitchen. It was, like, wow. just this thing you had to... So that, yeah, that was kind of crazy, seeing that side of life and just thinking, oh, yeah, Japanese apartments are small and stuff. Yeah. But then going out to this place in the country, I'm already, I can't remember, but he told me the price of rent. It was totally affordable. I, it was a pretty big place, and he had the tatami rooms. I just remember laying in that apartment, just feeling it'd be so cool to live here, to live in Japan, and, like... I could hear the frogs at night there, you know? Yeah, laying lay on tatami on mats. Tatami yeah. smelled like tatami there. And this yeah. has, like, the bare exposed light bulbs, like a lot of Japanese apartments do. Like, people aren't really rich, you know, or anything. 
and it was a very humble apartment, you know, and it just felt to me like totally doable, like I could afford this and do this, and uh, I would go into those old parts that I really fell in love with, and Shinsaibashi and stuff, and it's just taking that hour train commute, it just made me feel like I lived in Japan, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just really felt, yeah, like I was living a real Japanese life, I didn't feel like a tourist on that trip at all. Yeah. I really like that, just getting a routine and going to like a local grocery store, and um trying to find my way just before I had a phone and stuff to like the train station getting lost a lot uh, but yeah every time I would come I kept feeling like I was getting closer to maybe being able to live there and that trip for sure I remember feeling that way like I could yeah I could do this <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna segue here into yeah. like and this is probably one of my favorite some of my favorite memories are with Akira yeah you know? and, um, so we I've been fortunate enough uh, and you've been fortunate enough that uh, that they opened their cafe while like right when I moved here to Japan it's pretty much like uh, their cafe corresponds with uh, my wife and I our, our wedding anniversary like almost to the day and uh, and uh, since we we moved to Japan and we've been able to go to their cafe a bunch of times and um, David and I have DJed at their cafe for their uh, uh, their anniversaries uh, and it's been just awesome being a part of that community and just like seeing their cafe grow yeah. and I mean Akira was such I think that if I stayed with a bunch of couch surfers on that that trip but you know you know when you spend time with people that you really care for you know it makes a big a big impression and you know Akira and then later on I stayed with his best friend uh, our buddy Aka guy uh, we I, we just click with these people you know they're like really cool people and couch surfing I still like top five greatest things I've done in my life yeah it's it's like a filter I've always said it gets out just your normal people or just people that are living life for maybe material purposes or something and the whole free factor of couch surfing I, for me I've only done it twice two different people yeah and both of them are people I still talk to today and are like so great and just it's like an instant friend you know yeah I've, I've only done it once and uh and yeah, I really like the people. Some of the people I stayed with, but Japan's a great some place. Of, to do some it. of the people I stayed with are a, a little strange, but yeah. I mean, everyone was very nice. Uh, uh, but yeah, staying with Akira really opened my eyes to like different aspects of things that I, I could love about Japan. You know, mm. and part of that is that rustic kind of feel that uh, Japan has because when you do come on your first trip, I mean, you usually go to Tokyo. Mm. I, I went to Tokyo first, yep. and. Uh, and you get that that Akihabara, you know, flashing lights mm. and pachinko parlors and uh, you know crepes and all the all the stuff that you see in uh, in the magazines and on TV or in anime. Mm. But then when you go out to like the uh, you know not country but smaller cities or mm. or go to uh, places where people are just making livings, you know, you do need somebody to kind of bring you in kind of show you what's nice about that stuff and I think Akira has been really important yeah. uh, for that reason because he takes us to places that are like it might be a way out of his way mm-hmm. like he's he's driven us to like these restaurants that he really vouches for but it's like 
these restaurants that are really good, you know, and yeah. uh, he takes pride in like having specific things that he really loves. And I, I think one thing that really uh, was cool was when I was staying with him, he had he uh, was given a gift from Akagai, and it was his favorite cicada, yeah, yeah, yeah. from uh, I don't know if it was from Tokyo or but. It was just like, he was like, yeah, this cicada makes my favorite sound in Japan. And it's just people that like the little details, you know? I I, I don't know if they, they're hard to come by. Yeah. And just having him, I mean, I've made so many great memories with him and had so many great conversations with him. And I, I would say the Aka guy and, and Akira yeah, both are, are like... Uh, you know, they've made some of my best memories. Mm. And Akagai, uh, I mean, he comes and stays with us, you know, a couple of times a year, maybe once a year. Uh, I can't remember. Last year, I think he stayed with us twice. Yeah. But, I mean, staying with him is great, too, because, I mean, we end up staying up late nights. And he brings, like, Dinky Groove, uh, which are this, it's an electronic uh techno group yeah. uh, that he loves and he showed me their DVD and we just stay up late drinking beers you know, and like a high school kid or college kid all yeah, it, those guys, yeah, it's so much fun talking with those guys they break a lot of molds of like what you think a normal Japanese guys like or at least the ones that I'm maybe judging that I'm seeing or they're both very soft to the earth people you know that aren't into like shopping or like yeah, they don't care about image so much, and uh, the places that they'll take you to and show are definitely not fancy, you know, places. But they're places that are artisan kind of shops. They both those guys like value artisan things. I think. Yeah, that's a good way to describe them. Yeah, one of the best nights was a, a night that we went to the sushi place that was near like my neighborhood. Yeah, and that's and a place I would never go to because I, I don't like a lot of fish. I like about half of fish, and I would just think, yeah, I don't know what's what, so I can't really order. But yeah. That was, it was an amazing meal, and it was good. Uh, Hitomi was out, and she was, she was uh, uh, you know, sometimes his wife is busy. She cooks all the time in the cafe. She's, she's kind of a workaholic, I think. But uh, it was good to be out with her, and she was loosening up and laughing with us, and and we were all having like such a good time. And uh, yeah, I've made so many good me- memories with them that you know I have to have to say that like you know when you make a good friend out here, you know it's where where you're gonna make some of the best memories, you know. And, yeah. I mean, it always comes back to best friends, I think. <laughs> but it's funny you mentioned Cicada because my first time ever to Kyoto, both of us had bad experiences our first time in Kyoto because we both weren't feeling well, right? Yeah. Mine was the night before another couch surfer I didn't mention uh, lived in uh, Nishinari, the, the ghetto of Osaka. And I stayed there just one night with him. And, uh, yeah, I stayed up all night basically drinking. And we went out and, like, fed the homeless and stuff because that was uh, his job. But then I had to meet Akira the next day in Kyoto. And he told me, like, you know, every person I host wants to go to Kyoto. And to be honest, it gets, gets old and expensive to go there. But he's like, but it's funny you, like, want to go there because there is this cicada that I, I want to hear. So I'll go with you. <laughs> so my trip to Kyoto, we, I didn't go to any of the normal places. I didn't see any of the temples. I didn't go to any of the places we hang out at today. We just went, like, way out in the middle of the countryside to this temple and tried to find that listen to that cicada probably the same one that you mentioned I've never actually heard that you've known about that cicada too and uh, there's an onsen near there that he wanted to go to too and he said he's never been to onsen with a foreigner before 
<coughs> so uh, he, he wanted that would be like he's couch surfed a lot hosted a lot but that would be a first for him so yeah, yeah we just you know I was just felt so horrible where it's like hiking this mountain and <laughs> I was pretty miserable to be honest in the moment but now I look back on it like a really fond memory and when we went in the onsen finally at the end of the day I was feeling better and just I could appreciate it all and take it all in yeah but, um, yeah those those are cool we're kind of reverse on going to Tokyo like my last vacation in Japan before I lived here was finally getting to go to Tokyo and the fourth or fifth visit with Liz and um I had just again the highest expectations I've been to Japan so much and loved it and I knew I'm a city guy and if I loved Osaka and Kansai so much and I just thought you know I've been to Nagoya too I was like Tokyo's just gonna blow me away especially Shibuya a lot of the video games and the music culture we liked you know and um I got to Shibuya and actually had the worst time the worst <laughs> first impression uh that was like the only thing about Japan I was ever sorely sorely disappointed on and now today Shibuya's probably like a dream place that I would want to like live and work I, I want to be there but the issue was I didn't I didn't realize the cool parts of Shibuya were like on the outskirts of Shibuya and um I just got off at Shibuya station did the crosswalk like it's called like uh center guy over there too it's like a basketball themed street that's like the main you know area and it was just like people are like hounding you to buy stuff and it was kind of grimy and dirty and I knew there'd be like graffiti there but you know that's cool to me but I didn't really know it was kind of like a, I don't know how to put it, a bit, a bit of a, it's not rough, but it just felt like everything was franchises, you know, there wasn't like cool little local yeah. shops. Just, just it's very area. touristy. Very touristy. It's very boot, bootleg clothing and stuff. Yeah. yeah, a bit rough around the edges, but not in the ways that I usually like. Yeah. Um, and just in your face, but like not cool, like not in the artsy way that Japan usually does things. Now, again, you get 10 minutes from that, and you go into, like, the outskirts of Shibuya towards Harajuku a bit more, and then you get those cool places. But um, I was just so bummed. Like, yeah, I did a crosswalk. I'm like, yeah, this is it. It's cool. All right. <laughs> and then what happened was actually we, we had just gotten in. So we got in from the Shinkansen. We tried uh, going into our hostel, and we couldn't find any. We couldn't find the hostel. It's like, all right, well, we'll try this again later. Let's just go get some sushi. We're in Japan. I really want sushi. And we walked around Shibuya for, like, an hour and a half. Like, we're so tired, carrying all our bags and backpacks, and we couldn't find a sushi place anywhere. Like, I'm like, I'm in Japan. I can't find sushi. How crazy is this? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is before phones and all that, right? And uh, I just didn't like the place. I was so bummed. And I, it was my first night on the first trip, and I just remember, like, going to bed that night. We got to the hostel eventually, and it was the most tore up hostel in my life it's $10 a night most people who stayed there actually live there like they're long time residents and people are going through bags all night long oh it was just so dirty and so filthy and then I look back on it as a fond funny memory yeah but uh, um, maybe it's time to take a break do you have any more before you lived well, here memories I'll just talk about yeah I'll just talk about Tokyo a little bit because um, and I'm going to tell you a story and it was when I went to Kyoto and I was really sick. And I told this story to uh, my wife yesterday. Uh, I was really sick. I, I could barely breathe. I had a sore throat. I had a fever for sure. It was raining. Uh, and I was wet. And I couldn't find my hostel. And I, this is before I had a cell phone that would get Wi-Fi. And, and there was no way for me to connect. I had a Lonely Planet travels guide and I couldn't find the hostel anywhere and I just remember feeling so sick and um, I said you know I could stay here and try to make the best of Kyoto 
or I could come back some other time and have a really good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I made this choice to get back on the Shinkansen and go all the way back to uh, Tokyo. And I went to I, went, I was uh, Asakusa, Asakusa, Asuka. And uh, I never know how to pronounce that. Place. I always yeah. pronounce it wrong. But uh, uh, I went to the Dormy Inn, the first Dormy Inn yeah, I stayed I at. And Dormy Inn is uh, over. It's it's a very nice. They have very comfortable small uh, hotel rooms, but uh, a little bit pricey. And it's Medium it's pricey. Japan, yeah, 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 it's pricey. And. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, I went back to the one I the first one I stayed at. I, I went inside. I said, "Do you by any chance have any vacancies?" And they were like, "Sure, we got one for you." I was like, "I don't care. It's two hundred and fifty bucks or whatever it is. I'll I'll get it." And uh, I got my room. I put away my stuff. I went downstairs. I went to Coco Curry, mm. and I ate Coco Curry and. <laughs> that was the best meal <laughs> meal I think I've had in Japan. Um, not not really the best meal I've had, but that was just such a good memory. You know, just feeling so comfortable, like knowing a place so well that I was like, when I got into Tokyo, I was like, yes, I feel like I know this place really well. You know, I spent a lot of time here. I know where the Dormy Inn is. You know, it felt like it felt like home in some ways. It's such a cool experience when you're traveling and you feel like you got your spot. You know, you know, you feel like a local a little bit. Yeah, that is a really cool feeling. Uh, I have another Asakusa. Uh, I don't know how I think to Asakusa is correct. Asakusa. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I have another Asakusa favorite memory, but you know, that's just a good one. I got the uh the variety plate from coco curry and if you don't guys know uh coco curry is a curry chain that's all over they specialize in japanese curry most famous curry chain yeah yeah yeah, you'll find it in any city even if you're in the country uh but yeah and now when i still we went to coco curry last night actually my wife Uh, and i you're telling the story yeah, yeah yeah and uh yeah, just eating it. Now it's like comfort food for me. Do you remember how scary on vacation it was to order food in Japan? Like if you weren't, if you don't have the machine or, you know, it's just, I remember just, I was so afraid to go in places and eat here. Oh, yeah. And every meal was really memorable. You know, I could go on and talk about all these different foods I had because I was so scared in that moment. Yeah, you didn't know what you were going to get. It's like ingrained in my memory, you know. I remember going outside and pointing to, like, the wax statues, you know, because I couldn't read the menu. Well, that was the nice part about Coco Curry. And they usually have English menus. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Yeah. after the break. We'll come back with, uh, since we lived here, some memorable things. One, two, Today's segment is snack of the show. Yeah. One we've been doing more and more lately. Yeah, we got two snacks. We got two today. varieties of the same thing. Now, the r- normal ones of these are just like ramen. Like, it's like uncooked ramen. How, how would it be different okay. from I, uncooked I, ramen? The way home? I describe these, these are ramen chips. Uh, okay. uh, when I was a kid, I used to uh, take packs top of ramen, top yeah, ramen yeah. and smash them. Yeah. And this is about the same. And then you every pour, non-Asian person did that. Yeah, you smash it, and then you pour in some of the uh, seasoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can eat it just dry. I know some people put it on salad. 
Yeah, that's a, that's good. It's an uh, like like Oriental salad yes. is what they they call it they, back not home. Us, but not yeah, no, not me. I uh, called it that right now. So but, yeah. yeah, this one this literally says ramen. So so yeah, so they in Japan it's common. You can get this at any convenience store. They're called ramen, and they're basically ramen chips. There's two varieties. There's ones that are are linked together, so you're getting bigger pieces of ra- the ramen noodles. And then there's ones that are really crushed. Yeah, yeah uh, crushed ones, yeah. And like everything in Japan, they do seasonal flavors. Uh, one of my personal favorites, I just bought, like, my 7-Eleven, the whole supply of, uh, it's uh, buttered mushroom uh-huh. ramen chips. And they're that good? And, uh, because I really like those, yeah. I, I really never like buy these things. This is, like, the second time I've ever had them. When today's one is super bizarre, which is why we bought it for the show. Yeah, this one's really good. They are so, what? Fanta. Fanta, yeah. I got you know, it. if you know the drink, soda, it's yeah. a, the grape soda. They have grape, strawberry, pineapple, or mango. I can't remember all the all the flavors. But these two are flavor, a grape-flavored Fanta. And I have orange. Ramen noodles. And this is orange-flavored yeah. Fanta ramen noodles. So, let's try the same uh, one first. Yeah, let's try the same one. All right, we're going to go with the orange first. All right, let's do orange. All right. It looks orange. I smell it. It does smell. Like, I can't smell. It does smell like Fanta, but like I, I wouldn't tell you that if I didn't know. But now that I know it's, it's Fanta, I, it does smell like it. All right, let's take a bite. Oh wow! It's not. Like, huh. It is so sweet. So usually with it's snacks sweet. like yeah, this is really sweet. Usually with snacks like this, they kind of make them savory. Yeah. And sweet, but this one they well, the original all, the original ramen ones are very savory. Right? They went all Fanta with this it one. almost reminds me of Fruity Pebbles. It's yeah. It's totally like cereal. It'd be good with milk, maybe, actually. Yeah, it'd be really good with milk. It doesn't... It's kind of waxy, so it doesn't really... It's not, the exact, it's not the exact same uh, recipe as the ramen noodles. Yeah. I'll tell you, they're a little bit... They're a little bit softer than the, the usual ones. Usual ones are, like, soy sauce flavored. Yeah, yeah. But these are... Uh, yeah, these are I sweet like little, candy. If I was a little kid, I, you know, you just want sugar. It would be pretty good. Well, so it's not it's not bad. No more of this, or are you done? Well, let's try the grape ones. All right. I'll probably snack on them. Yeah. I have a feeling these are going to be better. If I had to buy one, let's I'll see if they smell grape. like grape. They do. They smell like grape soda for sure. What about, like, Big League Chew? They kind of yeah, look yeah, like, Big League, like Chew. Big League Chew. That's the 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 orange ones look like uh, ramen chips. Yeah. They like are orange. They look like uh, like ramen. But these ones are actually purple. Now this one doesn't seem as stru- sweet, but maybe it's just because I already have like the sugar in my mouth from the other one. These are more okay. subdued. Yeah, it's just almost like bubble gum to me. Great yeah, yeah. It's like well, I mean, it's great flavor. So yeah, it's not bad. I think these are good. All right, what do you give out of five? Out of five, I'm g- going to give this one a two and a half. That's uh, mine. I was going to give it a two and a half, too. Yeah, I think maybe even a two, I think it's two. good, but would I get it again? Right, I'm going to go two, actually, okay. personally. The more I eat. Yeah. I, I can't finish it. So that's... I like the consistency. I like the crunch. I like the ramen shape. Yeah. I might eat, eat them on the train home. Yeah. <laughs> Give them that barking dog over there so they can have a quiet podcast. 
Yep. So uh, that's it. Uh, yeah, Fanta ramen, seasonal snack. Japan loves their seasonal snacks, and we love tasting them and telling you all about them. Yeah. And we'll be back after this. Keep it locked. <laughs> contract at school just started it so i'm going on five but my fourth year and then you'd be one less than that right yeah three so, years uh or maybe three and a half years yeah i mean maybe we can share this first one i don't know if you, this is one you were gonna say because i might be stealing one from you so let's just share it but uh one of mine well i'll go in chronological order maybe you'll say this later and i'll build off you yeah <laughs> um so my you know one of my best memories is uh just moving to Japan actually finally living here and that first week um, living here I didn't have to be at work yet I had about two weeks actually but I didn't have to start stressing about work yet I got an apartment I wasn't sure with my job it's just kind of luck of the draw I didn't have any choice or any say I didn't get any pictures of what the place is going to look like and um, yeah I remember our, our boss moved us into the apartment picked us up from the airport dropped us off Liz and I were trying to like play it cool uh, and like the minute she like shut the door, we just, just both started crying. Like we were like so happy, like the place was good, you know. Yeah. And, like we were finally here, and uh, all the just, stresses of yeah, moving. Yeah, moving. Like we yeah. just didn't know if, who knows, someone could have maybe not picked us up at the airport, or like a job couldn't be real. Like I don't know. We just kind of didn't believe it until we saw it, and uh, just see that yeah, the people were so good, and it was all real, and like, mainly the, like the apartment to us was a big deal. I've never lived in a place that I really liked before. Like growing up, you know, I was always embarrassed to bring friends over to my house. And then I was always in college or out in Korea, you know, you just work a year, a job or two. And you had a nice place out in Korea. I had decent places too, but I just never really felt like my own. I always knew, well, I'll be here a year or two. And yeah, I still sometimes feel that way now, but I've been at this place for, like I said, four, going on five years now. And it definitely is the first place I've ever felt that it feels like mine or like a home, even though I'm renting it. Uh, but it was just big too like I've come from very humble starts even in the states you know but my apartment isn't much smaller than my mom's house right where, where I grew up even uh, and just to have like a tatami room to me was so cool I just remember like laying down on the floor in the tatami room and looking up at like the, all the smallest little details like just the markings on the paper doors and like the handles on there I was just like taking pictures of every little like the smallest <laughs> details like close, close up macro shots hours and hours I remember like just going out over my porch and looking down and seeing like this person below me at the fountain with like turtles in it and just you know I could see the the ocean from where I am and just like being crazy and not being able to sleep that night I had a bidet toilet which I love those toilets in Japan I actually <laughs> had one in my house you know yeah it's kind of creepy get one. I haven't got one yet getting one that someone had before you is kind of creepy though I was like ah, am I gonna use this <laughs> I guess I, I guess I will but um Oh, yeah, and just, just that week and everything, just thinking, like, I live here. And it took me a full year, actually, to, like, calm down. Like, 
every weekend, Friday to Sunday, I wanted to be out doing stuff. And if I couldn't, I'd kind of get like frustrated. And my wife would always say, like, you live here, like, it's not vacation. Like, you don't have to like do it all. Like, you know, just, just chill out. And I was kind of going full throttle like that for, you know, a long time because I just couldn't believe I lived here. But yeah, that, especially that apartment, you know, having my first Japanese apartment, I always like Japanese style and aesthetics and stuff. That was like such a cool moment. Yeah, I, that's, that's a huge one. I mean, I think if you're coming out here as a family, you know, I mean, like my wife and I were living in, at your house. You know, we stayed at your place for a while and then we got jobs in Osaka. So we had to move out to Osaka. <laughs> And we lived in temporary housing, which was pretty awesome. I like living in the temporary housing. It was a shared home with, uh, you know, other couples and other foreigners that were uh, renting a room in like this, uh, that's kind of dorm style uh, apartment. And uh, it was a house that they were renting out all the individual rooms. And that was pretty cool. We had some good, good experiences there, but there's nothing like getting your first apartment and uh, finally finding it. I mean, for us, searching for apartments was really tough. We went out a bunch of times. Uh, there, you know, there's you're limited as a foreigner uh, if that doesn't speak Japanese as to what uh, real estate companies you could go with, especially outside of Tokyo. Yeah, and so uh, there were like two companies in in town and. Uh, the first company we went with, the, the guy that was there, the realtor, was really nice, but he wasn't showing us any of the apartments that we were kind of asking for. Yeah. And it was hard to get a hold of him and stuff. And then at a certain point, we were like, you know, we have to try a different avenue. Mm. And we got involved with this other company, and the woman was really nice, and she took us to all, and she was very serious, but uh, she took us to all these different apartments, and... Uh, she took us to this one that we really liked. We thought we were going to move there. But uh, <laughs> when we were coming down the stairs, uh, this uh, family was coming back from dinner or whatever. And the husband of the family was started chewing out our real estate agent just for, like, who knows what reason. Like, really ripping into her and... Uh, and she was just kind of standing there. She still had, like, the straight, like, blank face, like, serious face. And uh, we got into the car, and we were like, what was that about? Yeah. And she was like, oh, nothing. And then we just drove away, and I was like, oh. Not going to live there anymore. Yeah, I was thinking, like, man, that apartment was so great. And this is after, you know, uh, like a month of looking for apartments. <laughs> yeah, you guys are getting really, like... We were getting right, the runaround. Yeah, 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 ready to go somewhere. Yeah, so um, we were really kind of in a place where we we either stay at our shared housing longer or, we, you know, and we were getting tired of looking at places. But right after that, we went to the apartment that uh, we are currently in now. And... Uh, we went to a different apartment in the same building and it was right by the uh, train tracks so you'd hear the, the train uh, bell when the crossing was coming down like ding 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 and it was so loud in there but everything else was great and we were like man we really like this apartment but it's just a little bit loud you know with that that because it, it, it was right in the window like yeah. loud and so uh, she said, oh, there's another apartment in this building. It's like three floors up. And we went up there and we were like, yes, this is it. This is where we're going to live. 
it's perfect. It's got a tatami room. It's spacious enough. It's clean enough. And um, we were sold from the beginning. And and we love living there. You know, I mean, it, it is the kind of thing where we don't want to leave. You know, and right now we're in the talks of, of moving to a, a different location. Because of like it's closer to your job, right? Because it's closer to yeah. my job, and uh, and my wife has really wanted pets, and we haven't had a chance to get pets. And I feel like, you know, coming to Japan was really my dream and stuff. But I know that like, she, you know, she really loves animals, and I, I want her to have an animal yeah. if that's like you know something she really wants. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we want kind of I kind of want to, yeah, accommodate that. I mean, both things if we if we can. Yeah. And, uh, but it's going to be hard to leave that apartment because, yeah, it is one of those magical moments when you come in and you're like, this is my first night here. It has Everything has like that that new smell or the tatami, yeah, tatami smell, smell, yeah. And uh, and then you, you roll out your futon because you don't have your bed yet uh, and yeah, stuff and you sleep yet. all the floor. And, man, that's like the best night of sleep. Yeah. We might have to do like a real estate in Japan one soon. We're thinking of moving in a year or so. So, and our buddy Chris, maybe we could finally have him on because he's trying to do it now and he's getting frustrated. So, yeah, it's kind of a challenge, but a uh, good topic. But yeah, when you do find that place, it's like perfect for you. Yeah, it yeah. feels really good. So, in the Japan 2.0 timeline, in between when I had my first apartment, when Matt had his first apartment, I thought you were gonna say this one. Uh-huh. Uh, is a uh, really good memory for me was when Matt came to stay with us for a while and uh my first year out here i haven't talked too much about it it was great matt was in korea i remember telling him like finding all this cool stuff but um it just felt so close to being like totally right and i was out here with my my wife you know and she's a great friend of mine too we're the kind of people that like we hang out spend a lot of our time together but i really wanted to have a life outside of my job and um it felt i couldn't do it and I, after living in Korea where it was so easy, easy to socialize and make friends and none of my friends had anything to do with my job really. Yeah, a lot of the other foreigners I met did the same style of job, but we didn't really often talk about English teaching and stuff. You know, occasionally we'd like say, I got this crazy teacher at my school or something, <laughs> something like that. But they're more like anecdotal stories. Where I kind of just found here, um, yeah, I just, it just, my job was hard. I worked, I was working harder than I ever did and I didn't want to like talk about that on my weekends, you know? So I, had a really hard time. I think it's something about Japan you should know if you don't speak Japanese or if you aren't living in Tokyo. It can be really, really hard to make uh, friends here. Uh, I don't know exactly why that is. I guess if you just don't have any common ground, if you're not like playing a sport with those people or in some kind of club together, right? Uh, I guess your only other option is really like at, at a bar, I suppose, you know? Yeah. Um, but I've found, again, compared to in the States or in Korea, people don't come talk to me at bars which is a very uh like egocentric point of view right but i had just come from a situation where honestly like when you're in korea i just got people approaching you all the time you know wanting to hang out yeah foreigners were a lot more outgoing as well that's that's a very good point is that foreigners felt i think because of the jet program and stuff here um it's a little bit clicky like they all have this tight they all do like training and stuff together so they all know each other um, it feels like sometimes you're not in that clique or whatever that... I think people are like us now, too, where they have lives, you know? They're, like, busy that's, with that's life and they have too. kids it's and not, families uh, and stuff. It's something you do for a year or two, right? And you want to have this crazy wild adventure. Yeah. Yeah, people have Just out own, of college, you know? People have their own lives here and they're not looking to meet other people always. They don't want to know everyone's life story. That can be true. But I had a really hard time with that. And it was kind of starting to get to me almost because I just felt... I 
like didn't know how to make friends or something like that you know like I was like trying for the first time in my life as like a late 20 year old you know and I never went through that really in high school or in college and stuff uh, I was just having a really hard time meeting someone on a similar wavelength uh, I was just looking for like guy friends you know who had some same hobbies I was trying to replace Matt basically <laughs> and, and I couldn't and uh, so it wasn't until Matt came out finally a year after I was like finally like I could share you know found these cool record shops and I have someone to take there you know and all, all that stuff so uh, when he came out I was so so happy to have him there and uh, it, yeah it's just, it was cool to just you know be able to live together and stuff and yeah. well I think you know I, I mean I knew one of us was going to come to this at, at some point right because living at your place was such an awesome experience and I was so bright eyed and stuff and I could tell that like yeah I mean I could tell you were excited to show me, you know, Motomachi and like all the places that, you know, you liked hanging out. And I, I like was, a year of things stockpiled, yeah. you know, ready to go. And I was so happy to see all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we had uh, we had some awesome bike rides and stuff. Yeah, 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 like yeah. that bike ride was I, I rode really bikes cool. More that time than I ever had <laughs> since I lived here. But we went to the giant, the giant robo, uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. the a gigantor in yeah, yeah. America that's what they call it but it's this giant statue in Tetsu, Kobe Tetsujin 28 or something is what it's called here yeah. yeah and it was it was awesome you know like those times they were just so quiet like one of the nice things about Kobe is it's so such a quiet like lived in area and it was just nice right in the streets and the, it was beautiful weather and uh yeah, those are great memories. And then we also had crazy, crazy movie nights where we were watching all these, <laughs> you know, strange movies at your apartment. Yeah, yeah. I remember I found, that's when I found out that I was going to have a kid when you were there. Yeah. And I didn't, it was kind of, kind of a surprise when we were trying to, but I didn't think it was going to be then. And I had a, I didn't know how to take that. And I remember Matt and Emily were there. And I was like, oh, man, what am I going to say? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's a weird thing to say, but. I was like, I don't, I wasn't quite ready to tell the world yet, you know? Yeah. They always say you're not supposed to tell people until you're like so far along. Yeah, but you guys I, didn't wait that long. I had to tell you. Yeah. I had to share it with someone because I didn't know how to deal with it. But yeah, I mean, those are two important moments in anyone's life and uh, it was cool to share it with you. I mean, ultimately what it comes down to is, you know, we, we used to sit in Korea and think about like man we used to talk about our trips to Japan you know we used to talk about that's our that's why I thought this podcast would be good so yeah. we used to sit and be like oh yeah I forgot to tell you five years ago when I was in Tokyo I yeah. saw this and, and then, people would get annoyed by us sometimes yeah. we've actually been told not to have that conversation because of the tension between Korea and Japan yeah. Matt and I'd be talking about how great something in Japan was and some of our friends would be like hey can you guys like quiet down and not say that here Yeah, because we were always always talking about the moving out here you know yeah but i think it was one of those things that had to happen at some point and the, the question was will it ever happen you know yeah. and uh i think when our korea times were winding down and uh you went back to the states and i was still in korea and i was like how much longer am i going to be doing this too yeah. uh i think uh I mean, it really was when you decided to, to go, you know, that was something I was like, you know what, David's doing it, you know, I have to, I have to try this at some point, you know, I mean, it was, wasn't that, you know, I wasn't just copying you, you know, or anything, but that's why we became friends is we had the same dream, I mean. but we had the same dream. And, uh, I think, I think 
one of my favorite memories is restarting the podcast you know uh, it's just like getting japan 2.0 going mm-hmm. and uh with all the growing pains and stuff that have come along with yeah. it you know our our soft start and then having all of our podcasts like being deleted by soundcloud was, and everything yeah. and then, i was kind of nervous to ask you to do it again i don't think i ever closed that not really nervous yeah. or anything but i was just like what if he said no and doing the podcast was, doesn't mean as much to him as i used to like doing it you know because for me the two crew mountains one got me through like some really low moments living back in texas you know yeah where you were always out there you know living that you know where for me i was like i would just listen to that and like wish i was there hanging out you know yeah. so i really like it was almost like a a second friend to me the podcast you know in some ways yeah it's therapeutic you yeah. know it is good to talk about it's good to have something to do you yeah, know yeah. that's like that's outside of like work right. and outside of other things that you might do you know yeah. i mean uh i have other hobbies and i have other things i like to do but to be honest you know this is the project that i set time aside for you know yeah. and uh and i get to hang out with you you know and we get to talk about some of our favorite things and share it with you know people on the internet that (laughs) you like the same things you know inspire them to come out here yeah and we've had you know we've had guests on that have told us that they were inspired by us and that stuff you know that stuff is more valuable than like i mean i just can't believe i'm making content that I would want to listen to listen to or I would want to see you know or uh, or meet the people behind the show yeah exactly Uh, when I I was on the internet researching Japan and or when I was going to the bookstores and buying fashion books and stuff uh, I always wonder what it would be like you know to be one of those people and now I guess we kind of are and uh, we've been in you know we've gotten to meet a couple of our our, our uh, heroes you know out here yeah. uh, some of the guys from 8-4 yeah. podcast and uh, and then I've like I was just saying today I've had a chance to communicate with some of the neo-Japanese guys yeah, yeah. and uh and these are guys that you know we I we grew up idolizing or not yeah. grew up idolizing but we found it meant a lot to us inspired us going through hard times we just thought man it'd be so cool to live their lives you know yeah and one thing to kind of bring it full circle is like those guys weren't always totally positive like Japan's the coolest place on earth like some media outlets are you know and sometimes I couldn't understand that and I kind of had problems with that you know yeah um and it took me a while to start ever seeing anything really that wasn't perfect about Japan. We've talked about this before, and you and I differ there. You're, you were smart enough to know it. Like, anywhere in the world, a place would have flaws. And Yeah. I just... Uh, I was worried. I was a little worried at first that it would be so difficult that I wouldn't enjoy it as uh, much as just, like, coming to visit. Yeah. I guess, though, for me, that I've been here now four years, and, like, I do know the flaws of Japan. And those people, you know, had some reasons to mention some things that would be hard on Japan in some ways when they, when they were. But, yeah, I was always worried, like, if I stay here for a long time, because you meet some foreigners here and stuff that don't seem to like it, and you wonder why they're here. And Yeah. Uh, but I'm, that's one of the cool things after getting over all the first, oh, Japan's so cool, is like, okay, I, I've learned the bad points, but they're not that bad, you know. Or, you know, real estate and stuff could be better. It might be easier to get an apartment. But, like... That's still such a great place, and it is what I wanted it to be. You know, it hasn't really disappointed. Uh, I mean, today we were talking about our pensions and how we have <laughs> to stay here for like, you know, ten to twenty-five, 25 years, years yeah. right? 
and when I think of that now, I'm like, yeah, I think I'll be here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's kind of a crazy thought. And I, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I'm gonna thank you for allowing us to stay at your place. You know, I offered an amazing opportunity. You know, yeah. well, we stayed with you in Korea before too, right? Yeah, returning the favor. And, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but, you know, we're growing up, you know, like we, we, we really are. It's a good are. place to grow up. And it's a good place to grow up. And, you know, what better place to do it than, you know, with your friends. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, I know we have a lot of memories, you know, a lot of memories to make in the future, you know, and Japan 2.0 is going to have a lot of memories. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, I'm just uh, thankful to be here. Yeah, if you're not already out in Japan, you got to come out and make some of your own memories. And uh, maybe this episode, hopefully, if you do live here, made you think back to you know some of those first moments you had out here. I have a lot of friends that lived out here for 10, 20 years, you know. And I'll still mention things like, man, bamboo is so cool. <laughs> we passed bamboo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, man, I, I haven't thought that way in like 15 years. Like, you're still thinking like that? What's wrong with you? You've been here long enough. But um, I swear, every time I go to Kyoto or every time I, you know, I step foot out of my city or I go to a new part of the city, there's always something I find that I appreciate, yeah. you know. And, uh, yeah, I, today I went to Roko, Roko Island, which I've never been to, and it was a weird, a weird, weird trip. Yeah. Uh, and a uh, weird tram ride and stuff. And on, if you go back to our Instagram, uh, I'll post some uh, stuff from that. So look back at it, like some of our old <laughs> photos. But... Uh, I mean, there's always something to see. There's always something new, uh, and that's what that's what's so surprising and so magical about this country. And it, I think it's hard not to make a good memory when you come. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So come. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, this episode was, you know, really personal. I hope you get something from it. Some of our stories, talking yeah. about our friends and stuff, but. I think it would really give you the eye to what it's like to live here and, you know, to make your own friends and that kind of experience. So uh, we're all out. We're out on all the social media. Yeah, we're Instagram. at Japan 2.0 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah. Uh, spell out the point. Yeah, our blog is on WordPress with yeah. photos and notes. Uh, you could... Liner notes. Yeah. yeah, the liner notes aren't showing up in iTunes right now, which is uh, something we... we it's, might try to get to the bottom yeah. of it shows there's a link it'll say like view more or something and then when you click that it does take you to the website yeah but you have to click on the episode you want on the website and then you can see the notes there yeah so sorry for that yeah it used to show all the liner notes but yeah. I don't know what happened but you don't want to skip around anyway you just don't listen to it all but yeah if you want to like a song or the show, we always put the artists that we play and uh we tell you about uh, our great intro song and all the yeah. details there so yeah if you want to know more go there go on iTunes and rate us I haven't checked those in a while but maybe you have yeah so we definitely need to check those out no, I they're not the easiest to check that's why yeah um, we're also on Google Play yeah we are and on Mixcloud know. let us know if you use those things yeah uh, you can tell us how they could be better I'm, maybe Stitcher maybe on winter break around Christmas time when I get some free time again I'll try us put us up on Stitcher yeah uh, but yeah we're we're not only iTunes anymore, no. so you, yeah, find us wherever wherever you can. I just put out the summer episode today, and at the end, I said we're only on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, but we, these episodes, we were getting pretty. We're putting them out like two months in the past. Yeah, but we're getting pretty busy. We're catching. Now. We're, we're catching up a little year, bit. So yeah, yeah, these yeah. are probably going to start to be about a month from what's actually going yeah. on in our lives. But yeah, let's keep on listening. We're not going anywhere, even though we're busy. We'll, we'll keep putting out content for you. 
Uh, song of the show. Song of the today show. Today is from a new artist, uh, an artist that we found uh, after I did the uh, women. Uh, yeah, the uh, women of Japanese well, there's rap. So many mixtape. women these days are popping up. Overnight. Yeah, yeah. The the women of Japanese rap are really coming up. Yeah. And. Uh, and so we found this single. It's a 17-year-old fashion model that's starting to do some music. She's like a Shinjuku or a Shibuya fashion. I want to have Harajuku. I want to have Gesh as a model. She's a very unique-looking girl. Yeah, I, I'd say she kind of reminds me of Madonna, like a young Madonna. She has a gap, a gap uh, tooth. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of why. And she's like, <laughs> she's like kind of unconventionally like. Uh, uh, a look to yeah, her, you that's, know. That's true, yeah. yeah, and uh, her name is uh, Manan. Manan, or Manan? I don't know. Manan exactly. or Manan. M-A-N-O-N yeah. is the romanization. Yeah, and uh, and she has uh, this new single that came out. I got it. It's beautiful, pink, forty-five RPM recording, and uh, uh, two songs on it, and they're both really, really yeah, it's, good. It's hard to choose the A side. So. Uh, yeah, so the song that we're going to hear in this episode is called uh, Beat the Bad Luck, Beat man. the Bad Luck, that's yeah. right. I, I, <laughs> I remember the other song is Fancy Pool. Yeah. And uh, But Beat the Bad Luck is really good. The videos are funny, too. Yeah, yeah. So you definitely check her out. Yeah. And until next time, uh, yeah, make your memories. Make your memories. <laughs> Beat does a bad track.